Welcome. My name is Dr. Jonathan Vorse, and thank you for downloading our podcast today on Working the Word. Make sure you hit that subscribe button to receive new podcasts every week. Thank you for your support at jvorse.org and enjoy the message today. I was driving the other day, and we're in Luke 6, by the way, Luke 6. I was driving uh, a couple of days ago. It was on Friday. And um, I have a friend who pastors down in Holiday, Dr. David Horton, good friend of mine. He's on one of our ministry boards. And so um, I knew that he was going to be up with his daughter, Tenley, up in Washington State on the other side of the country. And so uh, I thought, you know what? Um, I'm just going to go down there. I'm going to drive around his property the church property, take a few pictures, send it to him, let him know everything's okay. His name, the name of the church is Grace Harvest. And so I tell him, I send him a little note with a couple of pictures. I said, everything's good in Graceland. <laughs> and and uh, on the way back, I was telling my wife about this. On the way back, there was a, a lady uh, who was walking down the side of the road. And uh, she couldn't have been over 30 years old but her eyes were dark and her body was broken and she just looked hopeless. And um, I saw her kind of duck into the weeds as, as I drove on by. And I just knew the kind of lady that she was, if you know what I'm talking about, that she was probably homeless, that she was destitute, that she probably was on meth and things like that. And you get down around the holiday area, you kind of see some of that stuff. You actually see some of it, some of it up here too. And, and coming home, I'm driving down 19, and I just told God, I said, God, I don't know how to help all these people. I said, it's too big. The need is too big. It's, it's too deep. It's too vast. It's, I don't know how to help them. And then yesterday, we're sitting for breakfast, and there's an elderly gentleman, must have been in his 80s or something. Looked like he had fallen and had uh, uh, a real bad uh, place on his face where they probably, it looked like they might have had to stitch it. I'm not sure. And he had a place on his arm where he had been in the hospital and they'd covered it up, you know. And um, he's sitting there in this crowded breakfast restaurant that we go to every now and then, uh, Rams. Some of you know about Rams. And so we went there and we were sitting there and he was sitting right beside us and he was all alone in a room full of people. Did you hear me? All alone in a room full of people. And I flashed him a smile a couple of times and, and uh, gave him a wave and things like that. And evidently they knew him there because they were calling him by name and taking care of him and things like that. But I have that same thing that came over me, that passion, that burden, that desire to help that came over me later that day and I just kept looking, because I kept looking at him. And I, and I even mentioned to the family that was there, I said, he's by himself. And, and uh, later that day, I had another conversation with God. I said, God, how do we help them? How do we help them? The need is too great. It's too big. It's so, and it's like the Lord spoke to me this morning when I was in my office. And he said, if the church will be the church. You hear me? He said, if the church will be the church, 
then a lot of the suffering of the world could be alleviated. And that brings us to what, I'm ta- what I want to talk to you about here today in, in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse number 43. Here's what the Bible said. The Bible said, A good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And then in verse number 46, he said, And why do you call me Lord, Lord, if you don't do what I say? Father, we just come to you right now. I ask you, Lord, to to touch me, to be able to effectively communicate today. I pray that you would reach down and grab our heart, Lord, that we would see this message through the eyes of God, that we would be able to receive from it what you have prepared for us today. Touch me to be able to effectively communicate it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Fruit matters. Look at your neighbor and tell them fruit matters. matters. The Bible said a good tree brings forth not good, not uh, bringeth forth, uh, for a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, nor does a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. There's a few things that I want to say about fruit, and we're going to talk about that here in just a few moments with a little illustration that I have here. Fruit exposes the root. Let me say this again. Fruit exposes the root. There's scripture for that. The Bible says it like this, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If there's one thing I could leave you with today, it's this. Pay attention to the unseen things. So many times people look at the surface. They look at the frosting. They look at the butter on the bread. So many times people see what has been produced and they say, wow, I would like to do that or I would like to do a part of that. But what they can't see is the process that it took to bring us to the point where we could actually present like like we do the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ or our lives could present a testimony that we should live out because the Bible says we're living epistles read of all men. Fruit exposes the root. What's in your heart is going to come out. What's in the root is going to come out. The Bible encourages us in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 1 to judge not that we be not judged. I tell people this all of the time. We are not judges, but we are fruit inspectors. We're fruit inspectors. In other words, if I join myself in relationship to an individual, I need to inspect the fruit that that life is producing before I say, okay, I'm going to join myself to that person in a relationship, be it a friendship, be it a business relationship, be it any type of, of a relationship. The Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And here's the thing. If it's in you, it's going to come out of you. Let me give you some examples. Singers are going to sing. 
Some people who aren't singers are going to sing. But singers are going to sing. Givers are going to give. Leaders are going to lead. Followers are going to follow. We can go down this road. Gossipers are going to gossip. We probably ought not to go down that road, but you can just fill in all, the, all of the other blanks. Here's the point. What's in you is going to come out of you. If God's love is in you, it's going to come out of you. If God's compassion is in you, it's going to come out of you. If you're living with the purpose of Jesus Christ inside of you, then that purpose is going to be exemplified through your hands, through your feet, through your, your eyes, through your mouth, through your walk. That's all going to come out of you because that's the fruit that your life is going to produce because it's what's inside of you. What's in the seed is going to come out. I have in my hand here just a, a few little seeds. These seeds that I have in my hand, you can't, you can't see them yet. I'll hold them up where you can maybe see them. But these seeds that I have in my hand right here are little grape seeds. Let's see if I can... I don't know. Look how, look how little that is. I don't know if you can see it or not. If you can zoom on the camera, I don't know. But uh, maybe you can put it up on the big screen. But those are grape seeds, these little grape seeds. Every piece of fruit needs a seed. Every piece of fruit need a seed. This seed right here, I can plant it in this soil and I can confess all day long that I planted a grape seed, but I'm believing God for an apple. <laughs> and guess what'll happen? You're gonna get a grape. Well, you know, that didn't work. I'm, just, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna go down this name it and claim it uh, uh, thing. And listen, there's, there's one thing about confessing the word of God and confessing things of faith and there's another thing getting way out. Okay, now, here's another thing. I'm gonna believe God for an orange. No, 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 no. If you plant a grape seed, what are you gonna get? You're gonna get a grape, right? That's what you're gonna get. You're not gonna get an apple. You're not gonna get an orange. You planted grape seeds, you're gonna... Get a grape. Now, let me say it like this. You're going to eventually get a grape. Every seed needs soil. Are you hearing me? Every seed needs soil. I can take these grape seeds and I can lay them on the shelf in my shed. Donna's been bugging me. I want a she shed. I want a she shed. It's just because of the commercial. I want a she shed. <laughs> I said, you'd probably burn that thing down just like the commercial. But anyway, I want a she shed. <laughs> Finally, I told her, I said, you can have a she shed if I can have a he shed. <laughs> anyway. And if you get a he shed, then women aren't allowed. that want to go in there decorated. It's kind of like the man's nothing box. You know, just leave us alone. Let us go in our room. Let us, anyway, I'm getting off. off here. Fruit needs soil. Good soil produces good harvest. Bad soil produces bad harvest. Now, let's talk about fertile and fallow. Fertile soil is where you're going to get the best harvest. Fallow soil is soil that's hard. You have to break it up. You have to add additives to it. You have to do all of these kinds of things to it to, to prepare it to receive the seed. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say that God has planted seeds inside of every single one of us. Yes. 
The seed of God's love is planted in us. The seed of God's compassion is, is planted inside of us. The seed of God's purpose and God's vision for our life is planted inside of us. The gifts and the talents, the seeds of the gifts and the talents that we need to fulfill that purpose have to be developed. They have to be cultivated. They have to be planted in the right soil. It matters where you get your word. It matters who you let speak into your life, over your life, around your life. It matters. Jesus said it like this. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you and how long will I suffer you? Very same messages of faith and healing and things pertaining to the kingdom of God preached in different locations produce different results. Why? Because the soil was different. It matters where you go to church. It matters who your friends are. It matters how you fellowship. It matters. You need people in your life that are faith talkers. You need people in your life that are faith people. You need people in your life that believe what God's Word says and takes it at face value. And if God's Word says with man things may be impossible, but with God all things are possible, then you need to hang out with the people that are saying with God all things are possible. Those are the people that you need to hang out with. You don't need to be hanging out with a bunch of gossipers and backbiters and betrayers and people that, pot, that have a potty mouth, that talk bad about other people and other things. You need to hang around people that are in the business of building people up. Amen. Let your seeds, see your words are your seeds. Your activity is your seed. Let the seed, the seeds of God's purpose that's inside of you, allow that to be planted in the right kind of soil. Fruit needs water. The Holy Spirit is necessary to produce spiritual fruit. I'm going to say that again. Holy Spirit is necessary to produce spiritual fruit. Fruit needs the right atmosphere. It needs the right atmosphere. You're not going to find orange groves in Traverse City, Michigan. I've been to Traverse City, Michigan a lot of times. When I was a little guy, my mom, mom and dad used to, or my mother used to take me uh, up there to the zoo in Traverse City, Michigan. Coming down over top of the hills at a certain time of the year, the cherry trees are in blossom and it's beautiful. If you walk up to that tree and look up there and you're expecting to find an orange, you're not going to find it. In fact, you can look everywhere in that county, that part of the state, you're not going to find an orange tree. You know why? Because the atmosphere is wrong for orange trees. It's great for cherry trees, but it's wrong for orange trees. It's important that you stay in the right atmosphere. <laughs> it takes an atmosphere of faith to produce the miraculous in your life. It's very difficult. I mean, even Jesus. Jesus was God's only begotten son back then. He was. He was. He was the first fruits of many brethren, but he was, uh, Jesus was God's only begotten son there. And the Bible said that there was one place that Jesus went and he was ministering. And the Bible said that he had to take a person, a blind man, 
outside of the city to pray for him again because when he prayed for him inside of the city, there was so much unbelief that he could only get the guy to the point where he could see, and this is scripture, where he said, I see men as trees walking. The Bible said Jesus took him outside of the city, prayed for him again, God restored sight. If Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, had to get in the right atmosphere to be able to allow the miraculous to flow, then let me ask you this question. What makes us think that we can change the atmosphere that's around us uh, to the point where it can just bend to who it? No, we got to find the right atmosphere. How do I find the right atmosphere? It's an atmosphere that's full of the Word. It's an atmosphere that's full of worship. It's an atmosphere that's full of faith. And here's a really, really, really big one. It's an atmosphere that's full of Christian fellowship. Hang out with Christians. Hang out with faith people. Hang out with people that believe in miracles. Hang out with people that believe that God can do the impossible. Hang out with people, okay, hang out with people that have seen God do the impossible. Hang out with people that have experienced miracles. Hang out with people that have operated their faith and they have received the manifestation of the operation of that faith. Those are the kind of people that you want to hang out with. And let me tell you something, they're also the kind of people that know where the atmospheres are that are necessary to produce the miraculous in your life. Mm. Fruit needs someone to plant the seed. The seed won't plant itself. Now, here's where people make a lot of, this is where they draw a lot of conclusions. They see the grape. It's a good-looking grape. People see the grape. They say, well, we need to plant the seed. We need to put some water in it. We need to cover it up. There's a message I did called The Power of a Seed. We don't have time to get in it, but there's something miraculous that happens when you put a seed in the soil and you take care of it. Here's where people get tripped up. They plant the seed thinking that's the next thing they're going to see. What's the next thing they're going to see? Now, let me ask you this question. Does this look anything like this? And so people look at this and they say, it didn't work. When what they don't understand is this is the vehicle that God used to get the DNA that's in the seed through the vine to be able to produce the fruit that it needs. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. Don't quit when you see this. Don't quit when you see this. Fruit matters. The proof is in the fruit. The proof is not in the seed. The proof of the seed. The fruit, fruit matters. The proof's in the fruit. The seed doesn't look like the grape. The dirt doesn't look like the grape. The plant doesn't look like the grape. This vine doesn't look like the grape. The grape is the end result. That's what we're trusting God for. That's what we're believing God for. You say, well, I've, I'm putting my faith on something, but it just doesn't seem like it's working. Well, what stage is it in? Is it where you can't even see it coming up? Is it in this stage right here? What stage is it in? Don't quit Don't, on the brink of a miracle. Don't give up on the brink of your 
miracle. And there's a whole lot more that we could talk about. I mean, you got to keep the weeds out and you got to keep it watered and you got to keep it tended and you have to keep the, the varmints out of it. You have to keep all of those types of things out of it and you have to tend and become the husband. You have to take care of the seed. Yeah, the, the little country that's in me came out. You got to take the varmints, keep the varmints away. I mean, I was kind of like, somebody asked me once, we, we built, we had a, a big garden there in Kentucky and somebody asked me once, they said, man, that's a big garden. Why did you plant so much? I said, well, the deer have to eat too. Some people want to run the deer off, just plant enough for them. Let them eat too. Amen. Amen. So the Word of God says our gift will make a way for us. Verse, verse, uh, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 16, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. When we talk about seed, we're talking about the gift of God that God gives us. What are we going to plant? The DNA of what you're believing God for is in the seed that you are planting. Now, let's learn some life principles here. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this. Keep your heart. We're talking about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can't see the seed. You can see what the seed produced, but you can't see the seed. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I can't see your heart with my physical eyes here today, but I know you have one because you're alive. You see? I can't see your brain, but I know you have one because you're alive. Keep your heart. Keep the unseen things, the things that people can't see, the things that people, I mean, if someone was to look at you and say, well, I, I'm going to have to see it before I can believe it. I have to see that there's a heart inside of you before I can believe it. Well, in order to open up your chest and show them the heart, then you die. A lot of people say, well, I don't believe in God because I've never seen Him. That doesn't mean He's not real. The fact that you are here made in His image and after His likeness and, and you're carrying around a, a passion for God. And the, the Bible said that the creation groans for the Creator. There's something inside of you that wanted to worship today. There's something inside of you that wanted to praise God. You're, what you're doing is from the abundance of the heart, from the unseen place, from the deep Enter recesses of your soul. You were offering God worship and you were offering God praise. And God's word tells us in Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. From our heart flows the springs of life. Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, of the abundance of the heart, a man's mouth speaks. Proverbs 4.24, here's what the word says, put away from you, crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Why would he say that? Because the proof is in the fruit. The words that you speak are proof of the fruit that's in your heart, the seeds that's in your heart. If you have crooked speech, you have a crooked spirit in your heart. If you are speaking devious talk, if you have devious talk, the Bible said, put that far from you. If there's devious talk coming out of your mouth, it's because there's devious things in our heart. Well, what do I do if, that, if, that's, if that's coming out of me? You go to God and you say, Lord, help me with this. Take this out of me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. And then you repent. Repent doesn't mean cry crocodile tears and run to the altar. Repent means to turn and go in a different direction. So here's what you do. You say, Lord, straighten out my walk because your word said 
that you make crooked places straight. Lord, do that for me, God. Straighten out my speech. Let me speak the word of God. Let, let God's word, let words of faith, let words of empowerment, let words of blessing come from me because, God, I want my life to be a place where I can bless people. I want my life to be a spring, like you said right here, from our, our, from our heart flow, the springs of life. When people are in my presence, I want them to leave feeling like that they're alive again. Instead of being in despair, instead of being in despondency, instead of being in discouragement, Lord, shine through me. Put life in me and let life flow from me, God. That's the prayer that we need to pray. Then we go here, verse 47, it says this. Whosoever cometh to me and hears my sayings and, uh, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he's like. He's like a man which built a house, digged deep, laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood rose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. For he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. What is this trying to teach us? It's trying to teach us. Jesus was trying to teach them there. His disciples, remember, he was trying to teach his new disciples to learn God's word and through obedience allow the application of that word to establish a firm foundation inside of them. We have a choice to make what kind of foundation we're going to accept. We can accept a foundation of emotion and we can have a flimsy spiritual life. Or we can accept a foundation of God's word and faith and we can be rock solid. Yeah, amen. Rock solid. Jesus looked at Peter. He said, you are Peter. You're the little stone. And then I can see Jesus saying, but upon this stone, upon this rock, speaking of himself, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Bible called him the stone which the builders disallowed the same has become the head of the corner. Sure foundations are things that we need in our life. The prophet Isaiah foretold of this firm foundation. Here's what he said in Isaiah 28 and 16. He said, therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion, listen to this, for a foundation stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, and he that believeth shall not make haste. The Apostle Paul, when he was talking to Pastor Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19, says this about that foundation. He said, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. What is he trying to tell us here? And what was he trying to teach the disciples here in Luke chapter 4, verses 47 through 49? If you're here, we've been in this red letters thing and we're going through the book of Luke and we're uh, teaching what Jesus was teaching. What was he trying to teach them? He was trying to teach them have a firm foundation. Build your life upon the rock. Build your life upon Jesus. You don't have to build your life upon shifting sand. You can build your life upon Jesus Christ. Now, when we get into the scripture, we find biblical church structure. 
The Apostle Paul did a lot of talking about it. We don't have time to really dig it out completely, but I'll touch it just a little bit here today. According to God's Word, biblical church structure has to do with apostles, prophets, Christ, and the body of the church. Jesus said this. He said, he said that we should build on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Who is supposed to build on that? The body of Christ. Now let me say this and then I'm going to read you Ephesians chapter 2. There's something there in Ephesians chapter 2. Let me say it like this. God's work was never intended to be a democracy. It was intended to be a theocracy. That's why there's so much nonsense that goes on in denominations today. Amen. Now, what I'm getting ready to teach you and preach to you right here could possibly get me fired. It won't because I'm, I'm your shepherd that the Lord gave me and you're the sheep and that, won't, that just won't happen because the church is more than a building, right? It's us. Here's what God's Word teaches us. It's not God's will for us to sit around and vote every time we need to buy a roll of toilet paper. It's not God's will for us to vote every time we need to replace an elder. It's not God's will for us to vote uh, every year or every two years or every three years or every four years on who should be our leader. Show me in the scripture where that is. Jesus said, build my church upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, I don't want to sound arrogant and I don't want to sound cocky and I don't want it to come across that way, but I need to make a statement that's going to sound that way. Okay, if you don't feel like that you can submit to the spiritual leadership that God has placed over you in the Lord, then for goodness sakes, go somewhere where you can join yourself to the vision that God has given to a man or a woman of God. Don't be a problem, be a blessing. See, here's the thing. God has a, a vision for every body of believers. God has a vision for that. And what if that vision is God gives to those that are in leadership. And then those that are in leadership, the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the chiefs, those that are in leadership are the ones that seek the counsel. The Bible said there, are, there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. In the scripture, and like I said, I don't have time to get really deep into it, but in the scripture, the Bible gives us elders for the spiritual functions of the body, and the Bible gives us deacons for the physical functions of the body. He gives us apostles. He gives us prophets. And Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. 
Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, he said, you're not strangers and foreigners anymore. You've accepted Jesus Christ. You are fellow citizens with the saints and you're part of the household of God. Now look at verse number 20. And you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now look at verse 21. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together, listen to this, for an habitation of God through the Spirit. What God was saying is if you build me a place to reside, I'll live there. He said, I'll live there. I don't see anything in this that says you can vote whether I want to live there or not. There, I, I promise you, there are people that would vote that God doesn't live there. Why? Because they don't want their personal power to be challenged. This isn't about me. This isn't even about any other individual person. We're the body of Christ. We're the habitation of God. We're the dwelling place of His presence, the dwelling place of His power. You know you're in the right place. You know you are in the habitation of God when you come together and the focus is Him. He's the only star here. Satan's problem was that he wanted to receive the glory instead of continuing to reflect the glory. And Satan got lost in the radiance of God's glory and he wanted it for himself. And so he said, I will ascend above into the heights above the Most High God. You read it in the book of... So, here's the life principles that we get from this packing passage. There's three of them here. We need to accept these principles. Number one, wise people come to Christ. Number two, wise people hear the sayings of Christ. And number three, wise people obey and do what Christ says to do. The result is Luke 6, 48. He's like a man which built a house, dig deep, laid the foundation on a rock. When the flood rose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it. Why? Because it was founded upon a rock. If you reject these principles, it looks like this. Sinners reject Christ. Sinners reject the teachings of Christ and sinners disobey God's instruction. And this will be the result, verse 49. He that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. What do we learn from this? Foundations matter. Foundations matter. In the book of Psalms, the Bible says this. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? 1 Corinthians 3 and 11 says this, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, and that foundation is Jesus Christ. 
So with all of that said, we look back at verse 46 to what Jesus was saying. And he said, why would you call me Lord if you won't do what I say? We have a choice. We have a choice. If I operate faith principles, I get faith results. If I operate righteous principles, I get righteous results. If I offer Him worship, I get His presence. You see that? If I offer Him word, if I speak out the word of God, if I offer Him the word, I get a firm foundation. You see that? I need the foundation. I need His presence. I need His anointing. I need a place in my life that I can call the habitation of God. And out of that place of worship and out of that place of the Word and out of that place of faithfulness and out of that place of confessing the Word of God over my situation and operating faith, out of that place of coming into the, re, into the realization of who I am because God made me that. Out of all of that, fruit is the result. Part of it's a seed. Part of it's the soil. Part of it's letting others plant seed in the soil that God has given me, which is my life. In other words, I receive instruction from mentors. I receive instruction from spiritual leaders. That's part of it. Part of it is staying faithful when what comes up out of the ground doesn't look anything like what I was after. I can't get discouraged when I see the vehicle that's going to bring me His presence. I can't get discouraged when I see the vehicle that's going to bring me His power. I can't get discouraged when I see the vehicle that's going to move me into a place where I receive God's glory. How do you know you're producing fruit? When people can partake of that fruit and it gives them life. That's how you know you're producing fruit. God doesn't give you fruit to consume it upon yourself. God gives you fruit so you can help all the other people that's around you grow in God. Some of us are right here. You want to give up. Well, that don't look anything like a grape. It, in fact, it's, it's not that, that pretty. It kind of looks rough. It sure don't look like the seed. It don't look anything like the dirt. There's nothing there that says that, that it's got water in it. How can it produce this beautiful grape. It's called the miracle of creation. You will never, ever 
receive anything in your life that wasn't allowed there by God when it comes to fruit. The seed, that's our doing. The dirt, that's our doing. It's the gift from God, but it's our doing. Keeping the weeds away, that's our doing. Watering, that's our doing. Watching this guy come up and look like that when I thought it was going to look like that, that's our doing. This, that's God's doing. That right there. <laughs> That's God's doing. Men plant seeds in the ground. God plants seed in men. I'll say that again. Men plant seed in the ground. God plants seeds in men. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to Dr. Jonathan Vorse on Working the Word. We appreciate your love and support. Visit www.jvorse.org to give a gift today. Don't forget to subscribe and enjoy the rest of your day. Always remember, the Word will work if you work the Word. Be blessed.